Alright guys, my name is Jalal Javed, and hey. welcome to the In Your Mind podcast, and today I have my co-host, Brendan O'Connor, lovely to be here with you guys. Today is a very special day for the podcast because uh, usually it's me and Brendan talking, but now we have a guest finally on here, so now we have three people uh, thinking about topics in a different manner. So uh, if you want to introduce yourself. Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Uzair Khan. Um excited to be on the show and uh definitely thank you to both uh, Jalal and Brendan for having me on tonight yeah we're very happy to have you it's exciting that we finally got a guest on after saying we were going to do it the entire time yeah um yeah, I'm really excited dude here. yeah I'm really excited uh so a little bit of background guys uh me and Uzair we, we've been friends for a pretty long time now um mm-hmm. yeah like yeah so uh you guys as you guys know as the pre- previous episodes have stated so uh, I moved to America back in uh fourth grade so around like 08 and uh during like my middle school years i uh, i enrolled in saturday school and uh with that in saturday school is where i met uzair we were like mm-hmm. uh we were pretty much one of the ogs in saturday school with yeah other people. Two, of the, two of the older ones and then we we hung out with your brothers as well it was fun i remember those times yeah, it was a, we had like a little gang, if you could say, you know? Yeah, like, we did. Run. We did. We did run the show a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a little. Yeah. For, like, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> how it worked is uh, there was different levels in the school, and uh, we were, uh, I mean, we started off pretty low. But uh, yeah, over the years, you know, um, we're like, you have the same classmates and whatnot. So me and Uzair, we, we kind of grew with each other um, every yeah. year, and we mm-hmm. uh, became friends from there and whatnot, and it was pretty awesome. So Saturday school, if you guys don't know, it's it's like a religious school. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. like, we have Saturday school and a Sunday school, and uh, Christians. Yeah. I'm assuming they have this too, right? Where they they go to the church on like Sunday and yeah. Sunday usually there's like a. I know for Catholic church at least, which is what I grew up in, we had Sunday school after mass on Sunday, and then we did like catechism, which is usually during like after school or something on Monday or Tuesday. I went Monday nights like every week okay. for five years. So, pretty similar, I assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't sound too far off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just so pretty much just catechism, but uh, add a little bit of Allah in there, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting, actually. So, uh, um, Uzair's friendship and like Uzair and Brennan's friendship is pretty similar in a sense where, uh, uh, you know, when in my earlier years of childhood. They're, I was really good friends with them both, and then uh, when it, when high school came, uh, that's when we kind of broke off and we did our own thing, because uh, mm-hmm. I uh, moved to different like uh, moved to a different uh, city, so we didn't go to the same high school, but um, we still uh, kept in touch, you know, over the years, and uh, yeah. So nice. Uzair, um, how was Saturday school like, man, for you? Uh, how was like <laughs> back then being being a child and not being an adult, dude? Back during Saturday school, I mean, during those times, I guess, uh, you know, I it, I didn't like going on Saturdays particularly just because, you know, I, I had school the day before and kind of just wanted to chill. But I think I was there for about five years or something. But, I mean, I always look forward to it just because, like, we got to play basketball in the gym and just do stuff during lunch, you know, like just get to hang out. But, like, I don't know. I feel like it was just a little tough on Saturdays. I think eventually I switched to Sunday. Um, and I finished off Sunday, but I enjoyed it while I was there, though. 
Yeah, it was awesome because, like, you know, tr- it was like it was pretty much traditional school, but uh, it was there and our friends. You know, we made it fun in a sense. We're like, you, we, we had a good time. I mean, yeah. we, we were troublemakers, but then at the end of the day, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> we learned something, you know, and had yeah. a good time. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but how, how was so, how was catechism, Brendan? Have you attended at all or? I mean, I stopped going to catechism, I want to say, either 5th or 6th grade, just because I wasn't really too chill with the Catholic Church after a little while, because of certain things that they did, and just kind of falling away from that sort of side of myself, where I wasn't really too into the idea of religion or anything like that. So, I mean, it was... I assume pretty similar in the way that they taught. I also have no idea what Saturday school was like for you guys, but we would go and like talk about Jesus or something like that for an hour and a half, maybe watch a movie like uh Prince of Egypt or something, and then explain why that happened and like what the significance of it was. So it was sort of just a religious experience, I guess. And then I remember yeah. they taught us like, before second grade we would do communion so we would have to go like twice a week before we could take first communion which is like the um taking the bread and the wine and doing all that and uh yeah so it was quite a time I definitely remember it and I remember my aunt wound up teaching one of the classes that my sister went to which was fun but yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty interesting because, uh, you know, a lot of our, uh, like, I know, I know my, my mom, she actually ends up, she ended up teaching at the Saturday school. So it's weird in a sense where, like, you know, moms have, like, this weekend job of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially, like, the Saturday school moms, they end up teaching, or some some of them do. They end up teaching at the Saturday school and whatnot. But, yeah, that's how me and Desire met, and we just grew over the years, you know, um, mm-hmm. grew as people and stuff. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. So actually, Brennan didn't know this, but uh, so you and Brennan actually went to the same high school together. Yeah, yeah apparently we, we both went to good uh, old RHS. Yeah. <laughs> Rochester, yeah. I I think like I don't know. I knew of Brendan, but I never knew him. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, I was like, never at school, so that kind of yeah. Like I I remember you like you were in one of my classes, but I don't think we talked at all. Probably might have been one of Miss Malsberry. Did you oh, have Malsberry well, at all? I had Malsberry for, I want to say, like a month, and then I wound up okay. dropping out and finishing online. But yeah, uh-huh. what was it like? Yeah, uh, I remember you during the early times of high school. I think junior year, I think, is when you started to fall off, right? Uh, yeah, sophomore year was kind of when I started. Junior year, I definitely didn't go to school most of the time. And then yeah. senior year, I went for like a month and then just finished school online and then okay. finished. Yeah, because I remember life. hearing about you. I knew you played baseball. Right? Yeah, I did play baseball. Okay. And that's how I remember you through something about baseball. But yeah. Yeah, either that or my horrible attendance or maybe my trip to Mac <laughs> that I might have heard of. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember anything about attendance. I. Like, I just don't remember seeing you. I don't, I didn't remember seeing you around a lot. So I just, I never really speculated it. Yeah. I just thought it's like, oh, maybe I didn't see him this like today or maybe I haven't seen him in a while. But like, I thought I'd just probably pass by and just didn't notice, you know? Yeah, no, that was probably mostly just me not being there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Good times. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah high school was uh, pretty interesting for uh, <laughs> for all of us, to say so, myself. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we're all college kids now, guys. So how would you say, um, so is there for you, man, especially, mm-hmm. um, how would mm-hmm. you say, how was your high school? Because I know we're still in college, obviously. We haven't graduated yet. But how was yeah. your high school experience? How is it different than our college? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, the biggest thing is um, definitely time management. Um, you know, you really, as you get older and you hit college, you, you realize that, like, you know, you can plan your time accordingly, you know, to how you want to live your life compared to, like, back in high school when, you know, you have a structured day, you know, pretty much, you know, for like eight months, you know? Yeah, for sure. So it's just really finding yourself and seeing what works and how you like really are as a person, especially if you like live off like on your own or something, like you really find out who you are. And I think like that's one of the biggest changes, I think, you know, from the transition from high school to college. Yeah, I feel like um after high school, they they kind of just throw you in the lion's den. You know, mm-hmm. say say so to speak, and it's they want you just to find yourself and and hopefully yeah. you do. But uh, you have to pass yeah. a lot of hurdles, and you have to jump uh-huh. through a lot of hoops and stuff. And yeah, really, a lot. Without, you go through a lot. Yeah, you really you change it. Like um, you change the person, especially too. Because uh-huh. uh, sure. I remember because in high school, dude, I'm not sure if I told you, but uh, I was very like a quiet kid. I wasn't like a, yeah. you know the Saturday school me where I was a jokester and extroverted and all that. Yeah, I uh, I completely I did a total one eighty actually in high school and I kind of just kept to myself and uh, didn't mm-hmm. really socialize or like go out of my way to talk to people and whatnot. Yeah, and, uh, but dude, when college came, I just did a total one eighty again. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I noticed. I think before then, I think most of like high school because I remember we like fell off and I just. Like, you didn't have any social media or anything, and, like, you, yeah. just, you know, you weren't really out there. But I think once you hit college is when, like, your Instagram started growing a little bit, and I think you followed me, and then you started posting a lot more. I was like, okay, yeah. And I think, like, one of us reached out to each other. Is like, I think we went to Starbucks for the first time. Yeah, um, like Star- yeah but Starbucks. Yeah, like, I think we went there, and that was when we first, like, connected back again. But, yeah. Yeah, was yeah I know you got, yeah. You've gotten uh, a lot more public with it, so it's pretty good. Yeah, I I just uh, cause my whole mindset behind like you know social media and stuff is like yeah it's good for like catching up and all that and yeah I want I want to keep updated with my yeah. life and with other people's lives and for the memories but uh, another yeah. important aspect is just you know like networking too especially yeah oh especially yeah networking and, and not yeah. just yeah not just like posting random BS I mean yeah posting random BS is fine but it's just at uh-huh. the end of the day right it's kind of worthless junk so. yeah it is yeah. And you know, especially with TikTok nowadays, right? Everyone, everyone's on TikTok, but that's yeah. a totally different. That's a totally different subject that uh, it's gonna totally take. Totally different subject. Yeah, yeah. That turn soon. <laughs> that's gonna be hours and hours of ranting and yeah. talking about all that. Yeah, but, um, that's a whole different thing. Geez, yeah. there's so much to talk about that. I know, I'm man. Just thinking it's... about all the things right now, I'm like, we shouldn't even get started with it. Like, I uh, get yeah. But, yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Yeah, I actually, fun fact though. Um, so we, I was at work the other day. And we were talking uh-huh. about TikTok, and I'm I'm like, you know what? I might as well install it. So I I installed it because I never actually used TikTok before, but yeah. I haven't made an account yet. It's still it's still sitting in my phone. So yeah. who knows? Maybe I'll make an account. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I mean start, start TikToking. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's it's a whole hour long thing that you can talk about. There's so many things to talk about it. But yeah, it's an interesting topic for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with really TikTok is. especially, just how well they use their algorithm because like i know with a lot of other social medias it's not 
great like youtube and instagram usually yeah. combine but with tiktok it's uh -huh. like such a personalized algorithm for it the yeah. algorithm is crazy yeah like very crazy stuff oh it's insane like the amount of times where i see something that's so hyper specific to me on tiktok oh i swear to god it's crazy is it happening to me i think like a few weeks ago i mean i don't use tiktok much right now but i think back in summer like late summertime i was using tiktok and i'm like i would see like one post right like i would see some poster i would like some post that had to deal with like detroit michigan or like something about like detroit right and like i would constantly keep seeing it like within minutes you know yeah and it's like crazy to see that like you know that they they figure out the algorithm within like a five minute span you know yeah absolutely so it's crazy yeah, that same Crazy, thing had yeah. to happen to me with, like, I saw, it was like a Michigan check post, and they were talking about a bunch of cities in Michigan, and I interacted uh -huh. with it, and then it was within, like, probably a day I was getting one out of every 30 videos was something specific to Michigan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's crazy how they can figure it out that fast, but, yeah, I mean, they they have a lot of power. I mean, you know, their company holds a lot of power. So we'll see. Yeah, they're one of the big, mar like, yeah, the, their market share for social media is pretty high right now. Oh, like, yeah, probably yeah. one of the top compared to, like, Twitter yeah. and Facebook, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right now. Especially with the whole China ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, they've been tanking in money. It's ridiculous how much they've made and how many people they've gained. Like, just from the start of coronavirus, honestly. They gained yeah, a bunch of new people during, during that. Yeah, that's yeah, when I started I mean, using TikTok was right around the beginning of COVID. I'm not gonna, yeah. yeah, right when COVID started and everyone else was kind of just sitting at home using it, I was like, bro, what else do I got to do? Like, Honestly. you know, I'm going to be home all day. I might as well just like download it. Yeah. Because I was like, so much like, Netflix you can watch, you know? Exactly. And we were all pretty much like at our lowest point in terms of like work and stuff. You know, we weren't doing anything. So like yeah. we got time to wait, you know? So For sure. I downloaded it and I kind of got stuck in it, you know, for a little yeah, bit. But it's like, like an endless loop, you know? It's like you it watch is. one video, time, you never want to stop, dude. It's kind of like a exactly, exactly. And by the time, like I think May or June came around, I was when things started to get a little more normal. I think by June, um, I just kind of like slowed down using it. But you know, I'll use it here and there though. So yeah, yeah, it's a good like time waster. You know, if you're like if you're mm -hmm. waiting in line to wait for your food or just uh, oh yeah in the car the red light, you know. Yeah, by time I mean when I use it, the times I usually use it is like right before I go to sleep. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think one really cool thing about TikTok is just how quickly somebody can go from like 5,000 followers to like 500,000 in a span it's of ridiculous. probably a month. Like I remember there was one person I was watching on TikTok and I remember when she had like 50,000 followers and then within a week she doubled it and then within another week it went, it doubled again and now she's up to like 600,000 in the span of two months like that doesn't okay. happen on other social media yeah. platforms it doesn't their user base is huge yeah because usually uh if we look at the youtube right if we look at a viral video on youtube um yeah so it could have millions and millions of views right but if you look at the subscriber count it's it's gonna be very small maybe a couple thousand because pe people aren't really subbing because after you watch a viral video what are the chances you're gonna subscribe right yeah, and Most when you do subscribe, the, the biggest thing that hurts these people is like when you do subscribe to them, people don't really check their following list. They check the For You page. That's their biggest like flaw within the app 
they say you don't really get recognition after that one popular video because no one's really checking the following side. Everyone's on the For You page. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going to be honest, guys. I When I'm on YouTube on my app, I just go to the homepage. And since, yeah. their, alg- since their algorithm is really good, I could trust it to give me decent videos. And videos like, that know. I want to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So YouTube does I mean, it at a, at a very good pace. Like, they pick it up, but they pick it up slowly, but it's not enough where it's, like, in your face right after one video. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so you like, watch, like, 20, 30 videos and then... Yeah, YouTube 20, has 30, a very like good, 10. like, yeah very balanced algorithm and i like that about youtube tiktok is very fast but mm-hmm. it, it just feels very controlling i think in a way too yeah there's yeah. i remember there's one creator that i follow on or not i don't follow on tiktok but i watched maybe like two of her videos and i liked them and then on the for you page it's just every day that same person pops up on my for you page which is kind of shocking exactly. yeah uh-huh. yeah it's it's crazy i know I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's. I don't know how they do it, but I really don't. Impressed. I mean, you, you need. You need a lot of. You need. A, you need coding knowledge. You need like data science knowledge. You need both. Yeah, there's a uh, lot. That's a, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. When are when are Oracle bought them out, right? Yeah, Oracle actually. So there's there's a deal going on because uh, apparently Trump said, uh, "Yeah, we're not going to ban you, but then you uh, there were requirements that an American company needs to buy you out." And so, okay, or yeah. Oracle, since so you know they were they're a tech dominator. Yeah. Um, they were like, no, you know what? We'll buy you so. and profit off you, whatever. Yeah. So I'm not I mean, sure if they cost them a big buck for sure, but it'll pay off. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean Oracle, they're valued. Oracle's valued. Yeah. Probably Oracle's top five. Yeah. yeah, they have. They, 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 they have got Linux. Money to buy that. Yeah, they got money. Yeah, they, they got Linux. They're networking. They're they're number yeah. one networking platform. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they definitely took it. Did the deal go through there, or are they still working out and finding? I have, I haven't, I've heard news of it. I haven't really kept up with it. I'm not, yeah. sure. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard um, there were two different times where TikTok was going to get shut down, and then Trump gave the first one was in the beginning of August, and he was like, "Yeah, if it's not bought out by an American company in the next 45 days, we're going to ban it." And then he wanted to do like a weird deal where the treasury got some of the cut from whatever deal is being made between two private entities, which is not something that ever happens. And then it was like the middle of September, he went and said he was going to take it off of the app store. And that's when Oracle was like finally getting that deal done. And I think that they bought him out already, but I'm not sure. It's kind of wondering. I'm wondering when they do buy them out, is the technology or the software or something going to change? Like that's the only thing I'm wondering because is the algorithm going to stay the same when they pass all those rights over to the American people? You know, I want to see if it, if it all work out the same way. I yeah, think because, is an interesting thing. Yeah, because with China, they have different philosophies on technology. So uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. The power they hold over there is, is crazy. So like, yeah. I want to see how all the new rules and regulations are actually going to affect the app. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think the biggest strange today, well, I mean, it's not strange. It makes kind of a lot of sense with how Trump's been acting towards China for the past four years, but Mm -hmm. calling it a national security threat and acting like our data hasn't already been sold to everybody in the world just seems kind of silly to me. Like Uh Facebook and Instagram especially take your data and Google to just sell it to whoever they decide they want to. But like TikTok yeah. is going to wind up doing the same thing if they haven't already. Mm-hmm.
I mean, the yeah. reason, yeah, the reason those social media like Instagram and Facebook are so big is because they're constantly selling data. And yeah. just because they're an American company doesn't mean they're not selling their data um, nationally or like globally, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. these, most, a lot of corporations out there, they're not really, they don't originate from the US. They originate from different countries. So, mm-hmm. like China, India, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, let's move on. So, uh, so one thing that me and Uzair, we definitely have in common is uh, over these years mm-hmm. is our love for business. Um, so yeah. I, I, re- I recently, um, not recently, but like a few years ago, I've realized my passion for business and my calling, as you could say, for business. Um, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure mm-hmm. how long Uzair has that, but yeah, Uzair. So if you want to go through, like, if you're always like a business minded person or if if you had a different major in mind or a different, um, you know, a different passion of yours. But when, yeah. when, when did you know uh, that business like was your forte? Was, was, okay. Yeah. So I guess like my first, I guess, like um, instance of like business. So my parents are pretty business minded and, you know, they have a few businesses of their own. But I think the first one that happened was my dad usually would, I think back when I was like maybe 12 or 13. I had the PS2, right? And my dad was like, you know, you're not going to like, you're not going to get the PS3 till you sell the PS2. And I'm like, damn, like I got to find a way to sell this thing, you know? So I would like post on Craigslist and like eBay and stuff, you know, like being 13 years old, like posting that stuff and like just trying to sell it, you know? And there'd be times, like there was a good amount of times where I did sell it. So I'd literally go with my dad to like meet this dude like at a McDonald's, you know, to sell a PS2. And it was like, yeah, so like I would go and like I make like 120 bucks with like the PS4. So my dad would cover the other $60 or however much it was, right? Like I guess yeah. he just kind of wanted to see me kind of like sell it in a, in a way. So I guess kind of like built that um, like into me into a younger age and it kind of just followed. Because um, like every time, like so PS3, same thing. If I wanted the PS4, I sold the PS3. So it kind of just kept going and then I just sold more things on the internet as I got older. Um, back in high school, I sold like a lot of streetwear stuff, so like shoes and like just like Supreme stuff. Um, so I sold a lot of that, but it kind of just followed me throughout. And then I think like once I hit high school, uh, I was taking a lot of business classes, and uh, I was also in like BPA. So I like I realized like you know like this is kind of something that I enjoy, and I definitely wanted to like take a closer look into it. Like once I hit college. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So when it comes to your dad, that's actually a pretty interesting par- parenting technique. Mm-hmm. Were you forcing the child to actually do what you're saying? Yeah. Or like he was telling was, you yeah, to sell was, it. Like why? And then he, at an early age too, right? Like that's something. Yeah. Like me, I mean, I know for a fact, me and Brendan, I mean, I wasn't selling stuff at Craigslist or eBay at like 11 yeah. to 12. Because yeah, at, at the internet that is, we're always taught that it's kind of scary, you know, to be weird yeah. and strangers and all that. Uh-huh. So it's pretty interesting in a, in a way that your dad actually told you to yeah. like sell. He was there for the first few times I posted. He would like tell me how to post it, like what I should look for. And like he kind of like sent me down through it. But like, once I got like, you know, two or three things like selling on Craigslist and eBay, I kind of figured out how it worked, you know? So I was able to like kind of post it something myself. Like I was able to like, like understand like the scammers and stuff and like how, like how to look out for them. Like it just became like kind of easy because I kind of just got like repeating the steps of it. Yeah, like secondhand nature, where like you just mm-hmm. you know what to look for, it's just like a job, right? You do it long yeah. enough, you know, it'll yeah. be ingrained into your memory and brain. Yeah, no, that's cool, yeah, man. So, um, mm-hmm. when it comes to like selling, is reselling is mostly just looking at the market and seeing what it is. But at that age, were you doing like designs and stuff for reselling? Were you like looking at different tags or um, like so basically, uh, products or 
Yeah, so when I was reselling, I guess like when I was younger, like 13, 14, 15 maybe, I was um I was only selling it through Craigslist. So like, you know, it was the only way I sold. It was like I would just post an ad on Craigslist. Someone would contact me and I'd sell it. Because Craigslist and like eBay was like the best thing during that time. You know, there wasn't really like a Amazon like marketplace or Facebook marketplace or anything like that, right? So I was using those and like it sold pretty well. But I think once I hit high school and I started selling like the designer stuff, like the Supreme Bape and all that, uh, I made like an Instagram page actually. And I just kind of sold through there. So like I knew a few people who I bought from who had a lot of connection. So I just told him like, yo, could you shout me out somehow? So like I can kind of get a following. And like, we kind of just like exchanged, you know? And then we both kind of gave each other shout outs. And like I kind of met some of his friends and I also met like a bunch of new other people. It kind of just made like a community where we kind of just all sold stuff. So it was kind of cool because I was like constantly flipping stuff. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was pretty well, but the market died down, but that's fine. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I got into it at the right time, and I pulled out at the at the right time too. Yeah, because I know you get burnt out, and kind of the market gets saturated right now, especially. You know, it does. It does. Uh, I, I started a lot of it my sophomore year. By the time I hit my senior year, I think I was about done with it. I sold a lot yeah. of my last Supreme stuff, and I kind of I still like have a few, but I don't really wear them too much. Yeah, for sure. Because it's more like mm-hmm. just like because uh, I'm assuming when you were buying these Supreme stuff. I mean, yeah, it's nice to wear, but you know, at the back yeah. of your mind, you want to resell for profit. I want to resell for profit. Yeah, the profit margins for them are huge. So if I was able to get something for a retail price, the resale price would be really nice on it. So yeah, there was a time I went to California and I went to the Supreme store, and I I actually went on the week where there was a drop that Friday. Oh Sorry, no that way! Wednesday. So I went, yeah, and I went to the drop, and I ended up getting like a whole bunch of season six stuff and. I got things like three things. I think I got them off for like four eighty or something, but like the profit margin on it was huge. I mean, I sold all of them. Yeah, was I it one, is, was that their flagship store in California? Yeah, it's the one on Fairfax. They have actually they closed that one down. Actually, the one in California, I think they oh, just okay. closed it down a few months ago. For but there was one on Fairfax Avenue. Yeah, Fairfax in L.A. There's one in New York. I think it's in Soho, and then. Um, there's another one somewhere else. London, I think it is. Oh, London, yeah. Because Supreme, yeah. Supreme is huge in London, too, at the UK yeah. area. Yeah. So I think it's those three. There might be a few more, but I just don't remember what they are. Okay. But, um, yeah. That's, uh, I, so I went to one of the stores, and I think the LA store is one of the biggest ones. Because it was like, yeah. it had like two floors. It had like a skate deck and everything, like a bowl. So like yeah. people were able to like, stay up there. So it was, it was pretty big, but um, it was dope. Like it was a dope experience. Yeah, for sure, man. Actually, especially flying out there and actually kind of doing the whole process in person, you know, picking the stuff yeah. out and then reselling it. Was it was crazy because I, I, we went for a family trip and I didn't expect there to be a drop. Like, cause you don't know the drop till the week before, you yeah. know? So I didn't expect there to be like a crazy drop. But when I found out, like I told my cousin, I was like, yo, let's go. Like, it's going to be something good. Because they're selling like the box logo hoodies, which are really popular. So I knew that I could make a pretty good profit off of it. Yeah. Me and my cousin both went and then we just, he copped just a bunch of stuff. He copped like two things. He's from LA, so he didn't really cop anything. But like, okay, because he's always going there, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's from around that area. But for me, I grabbed like I think like three things. I sold two of them, and I kept one. I still have one of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah you yeah. gotta have something for the memories, you know. Yeah, the one that I have is very like minimalistic. There's not a lot of Supreme on it. Like it's just a little small tag that says Supreme, and like on the back of the hoodie, it's engraved like it's a Supreme. That's oh, it. Okay. But it's a Capone Noriega, which is like one of the movies like I watched oh, and it was like okay. a very New York themed movie so like it kind of just matched with the, the set of it so 
I got yeah, that. Dude, that one was, I think, like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how uh, one brand can really just pop off by emotion. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, branding, just crazy. having the word Supreme and, like, a logo. The very simplistic logo. I think that's kind of what started a lot of the streetwear, honestly. Back in 2004, they started. Yeah. And streetwear took off from there. Them and uh, Nike SBs. Those were those were crazy. The Nike SBs, they went hard, too, in 2004. And, um, you know, SBs were on for a hot minute, but they kind of fell off. Nike fell off because Vans came around. And a few others came around, too, you know. Yeah. So, Brennan, what what is your uh, thought process on, like, Supreme and, like, the whole reselling aspect? Uh, I what? mean, the reselling aspect is really cool and interesting. Um, I mean, I don't really wear designer or anything like that, so fashion isn't exactly my cup of tea when it comes to my interests, but just seeing how popular it gets and how quickly the stuff goes out of stock and then the resale and the business side of it for independent entrepreneurs is really cool to watch like especially for you as air going out and doing that in high school that's a much better way to make money in my opinion than something like working at mcdonald's or a retail store or something like that yeah but uh yeah oh, yeah for sure that's yeah that was my main source of like income during the time i mean that's the only thing i did i think once the resale stopped in terms of like the clothing like i think senior year a lot of it stopped, like it slowed down a lot and I kind of just fell off of it. I think that's when I realized like, you know, maybe I should get a retail, that retail, retail job and just kind of like, just work, you know, just to kind of get that like feel for the corporate environment and kind of get myself used to it. So by the time I get to college, you know, I can kind of have, you know, like a good base of like communication skills, you know, dealing with people. I think that was my main thing. I just wanted to know how to deal with people more and like work in a more corporate environment and like, you know, see how it was. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest parts that you get out of a retail experience is just dealing mm-hmm. with a bunch of different kinds of people like in their yeah. in whatever kind of environment and the people skills you get from it is super important when you're going is, for yeah. any kind of other job in the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You really can't, mean, yeah. Yeah, you really can't teach someone people skills. You have to experience it for yourself. You really do. Um, yeah. Like you could listen to Gary Vee all day. And you can listen to all these, on, you know, self-help motivators and all that and like how to talk to people. But if you don't implement those strategies they teach you, it's going to be very hard. Um, oh, yeah. For sure. I know. I know what got me out of my shell, you know, after high school was definitely my retail jobs. And yeah. Because um, I was forced to talk yeah, to people. It helps out a lot. Yeah. You're forced to talk to them. Like, you have no choice. If you're like, you can't talk, you can't just not say anything, you know. So you're really going to be out of your comfort zone and it really helps out a lot. So. You know, I, I wanted that my senior year and like, I was like, you know, so I worked at Marshall's and then I think I worked at Denham's, I think like a few months later, but yeah, like retail jobs definitely helped a lot. For sure. And like, and most of the time your coworkers, they're just like you and they're in the same state as in like, you know, they're in college or they're in high school and yeah. it's just the job they want to do for some extra money. It's yeah. not like their whole career. So and, yeah, and, yeah. and they make it fun in the process and that's uh-huh. why i love retail sometimes it's the co-workers definitely like the job yeah. a lot more interesting and yeah. entertaining in a sense yeah for sure yeah it's a good building block for sure yeah for sure so uh no i'm actually that's pretty interesting man uh having parents that had a business background like yours mm-hmm. is, they were kind of motivated motivated by business because you know if it, the whole stereotype of you know asian parents is like they want you to become like doctor or a lawyer yeah 
or something like yeah, that, or an engineer. Yeah. And uh, and if you're not one of those, <laughs> one of the big three, as you can say, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're disowned, or you know, you're, you're not. Disowned, you're disappointment. You're not, <laughs> yeah, disappointment. Yeah, disappointment. Like to get out or get kicked out, you know. So yeah, it's pretty interesting seeing that uh, perspective. Because um, uh-huh. I, I know for my parents, you know, it was pretty rough. Uh, because thankfully, my business degree had technology ingrained in it. Uh-huh. Uh, and business, so and it's high in demand. So, uh-huh. yeah. as long as I'm not I'm pursuing a liberal arts degree or anything, yeah, um, like that, oh, we'll be man. we'll be chilling. Yeah, I so. couldn't I couldn't tell my parents that too. If I was a liberal arts major or just anything like besides like business, at the worst, like business, I, <laughs> it would have been it would be so bad, dude. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know what <laughs> I would major in if it wasn't business, man. I, really, I, don't know, I, yeah. I couldn't tell you either. Like, yeah. I don't really have a passion for anything else. I don't. I mean, probably comp side, but there's just way too much math. I mean, Dude, I, I like math, but to an extent. <laughs> no, I like to, I mean, thinking about math, I just, I don't like programming languages, man. I, I had a Java class in high school, you know? Um, yeah. And I just, it wasn't meant for me, man. I just can't sit and code. And yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it a little bit. I definitely don't have a passion for it, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe IT, data science or something. Yeah. Cause something that you could like keep your mind awake because coding mm-hmm. is a lot of problem problem solving and it is. Sit, sitting at a desk you know but business is there's something about talking to human beings which which makes it inter- interesting it's kind of like that uh the unpredictable factor you know talking to yeah. clients or people uh-huh. in a sense yeah, so. definitely for sure yeah that and it keeps sure. it interesting too where you're not talking to the same person usually every single day and doing the same task every single day like there's that difference in day-to-day tasks that's something that i think a lot of people our age are really looking for like i don't know anybody who really wants to sit down and do the same thing for the next 50 years and then retire yeah cough cough yeah. accountants you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all my accountants out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yep. you're doing the lord's work <laughs> no yeah it, no they really are bro yeah accounting's tough i it really I is man it's tough. It's a lot of work. I mean, have you taken any accounting courses, man? Yeah. Not yet. I'm about to take oh, one next semester. Dude. Accounting's not my major, so I only had to take one class. So I was Wait, like, I was are like you for real right now? No way, you're for real, there. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, because Wayne State requires for MIS band, they require three um accounting classes. Do they? Yeah. Are you are you are you still doing ISM, or are you going to oh, do no, supply no, no, chain? No, no. no, I'm, not, no I'm not doing that. I'm just going to do finance now. I'm not doing oh, finance now. Yeah, I'm just doing finance. So I'm going to take okay. a one accounting class. So I'll be chilling. Oh, nice, man. Um, when did you just, end up changing your mind to finance? Um, I guess, like, I realized that, like, I could go back and do it. Like, for my master's, like, it could be more data science related. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. I can, like, if you, I do end up getting a job, you know, after some time, after college. Like, you know, you can eventually have the pay for your, like, MBA degree. So, like, that's kind of something that I'm, like, wanting, and I can probably just go back for a data science degree. Kind of yeah. mix those two together, and I think it'd work out perfectly fine, you know? Yeah, Plus, like, sure. I think, I don't know if I said it, but um, I might be uh, going, uh, I might just not be doing school next semester, depending if it's online or not. So, like, I'm yeah. going to be a little bit behind, and I know I need to take, like, an additional 36 credits, but, like, I don't want to make it an excuse. Like if I'm able to do an ISM major, like within a reasonable amount of time and I can take a good amount of credits in the summer, I'll probably end up going back to ISM major. Yeah. But as of right now, like I just switched it back to finance just to kind of, you know, get a, a solid breaking point. I see where I, I'm, I fall at. 
under my card. Oh, no, nah, dude, I get you 100%, man. Because uh, yeah. I know for me next semester. So uh, this is actually my last semester at uh, uh, community college. So yeah. I'll be getting my associates. And the next semester, I'm taking a break because who wants to pay for online tuition classes, right? It's, it's especially for Wayne State men. It's a... Uh, you want you want to be there in school as a business. Oh yeah, person. dude, it it sucks doing it online. It, it's yeah, brutal. It really is, man. And I'm not. I so I have after... like no motivation within school right now. I mean, everything that I'm doing is work related. I just I've just been doing homework on Sundays, turning it in, and then worrying about the stuff like next Sunday. You know, no, like, literally, man. And I feel like I feel like you know I'm not sure what classes you're taking, but the ones I'm taking, I feel like I'm not really learning anything. Oh like, no! Relevant, and no. it's like if I do learn it, I'm gonna remember it for a week or for a yeah. test, and forget it. You know, after. Yeah, I'm definitely not. So. Yeah, that that's exactly how it is with me right now, bro. I mean, like I'm doing all this work for it, and like, but all of it's just going right into my brain, and it's going right on my ear. You know, like yeah. I'm not I'm not retaining any of this info. So by the time the test comes, like I forgot everything. Like that's how it looks yeah. like a lot of my tests that I had this week. I forgot everything. Yeah. Yeah, so my, my biggest advice for people is uh, if you're taking a break uh, next semester from school, um, at least try to get an internship or a job, you know, relevant to your yeah. major. That's, exactly, that's, and that's, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. be working. Focus more on work and end up doing that instead because no, I'm, paying, I'm paying a good amount of money. I mean, college isn't cheap. Everyone knows that. I'm paying yeah, a good sure. amount of money, and my education I'm getting is brutal right now. It's a YouTube education, and, brother. Yeah, it is. And at the same time, I'm not being offered the same things that I would be offered if I was at college, you know? Yeah, for you sure. Know, career fairs and then a whole bunch of other events. Like, yeah, they're doing it virtually, but, like, it's, it's not, not the same, same dude. Thing. Especially it's as a business major, it's not the same. Yeah. You, 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 business yeah. is all about expression and emotions mm-hmm. and emotional IQ, and you can't do that over a Zoom meeting. You can't. You can't. You can't express tough. that. And you so, can't. So it's... It's definitely tough for sure, but, you know, we'll get through it eventually. I'm thinking probably, like, they're saying that, like, I think, like, 90% sure that, like, next semester is going to be, like, online. But they haven't said a final word, but a lot of teachers have already been told that it's going to be online next fall. Really? I'm just hoping, dude. I'm just excited for next fall, man. And I think by next fall, we'll be in person. By next fall, we'll be good, yeah. Hopefully, inshallah, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean... Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'll probably take this. I'm gonna take the semester off probably. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to get an internship. You know, hopefully. Are yeah. you still working at the same place? You uh, Vanguard. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the place I entered at. No, that ended back in right when a Corona started. That week when it was in Ohio, and I think they okay. got the first case in Michigan. That was like my last week. So I think like the twentieth of March. I think around. I think it was yeah. around then. Was my last day, but uh. Yeah, I worked a tax intern, so I was doing a bunch of corporate and individual um, tax returns. So it was a cool experience. I enjoyed it. Definitely wasn't for me, but did learn a lot. Um, so it's kind of cool because like I was able to do like my own taxes and stuff, and like you know. Oh yeah. It, kinda, it, it was just like you know I saved what maybe eighty dollars or something, you know. Yeah, doing your. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you really figure out a lot, and I think it really helped me understand more of like the tax from the government side and like now like i kind of figured out like there's so many different loopholes within tax and tax credits and all these different things that i didn't even know of before i did this you know because when i started the internship the first week they throw a a huge lab manual at you and they throw like another like pamphlet at you and that's all the tax codes like they have everything in there and like you know you you learn so much from it yeah it's crazy okay 
Like oh, it has you're under a supervisor, like, or is like a team? Is it is it kind of like a team thing where like you're under a team and they they teach you no, that? Or? Is, yeah. So how it worked with my internship was when I was the first two, I would say like the first month actually, first like the first week we got there, it was just all introductory stuff, right? Kind of gave us all their stuff. They gave us books and all these different things, right? These books were like were thick. I mean, they were probably 500 pages. The other one was probably 120 pages. So they gave you all this stuff and they're just like, yeah, read through it. Like try to understand it to the best of your ability. They like give you like quizzes and stuff like on it. And then we had to also do like this virtual game stuff. Right. But like right after that, like after that first week, like it was just straight getting right into the grit tax. Like they broke down every single individual like tax bracket, um, like every individual tax section, like from schedule C 1099, 1098, they broke everything down day by day and it was like crunch like because you were there for maybe like six to eight hours and it was just constant information being thrown at you and just having to remember it all and then having to take like an exam like every like two three weeks to like retain the info that you learned like by chapter was just insane i mean wow it was dude, the most studying i think i ever did while doing school i was taking like 16 credits i think you know? no way dude yeah you're good for it was you crazy. yeah so it was crazy that first month you know, it was t- I'm not gonna lie, it was tough. I didn't pick it up too well at first. It's, yeah, especially not having an accounting background. That's uh, yeah, that, that's an accounting a, firm. Right? That's an yeah. accounting firm, right? Yeah, I yeah, it is. And I didn't have any accounting background at all. And I was like, I was proficient in Excel. I knew how to use all that stuff. Like, you know, I was fine with all that. I think my biggest issue was just kind of wrapping my head around like, what does each section mean? Like, I wanted to get into like the deeper roots of how they connected. Like, I found out eventually. Like, yeah. I think in the beginning, that's kind of what slowed me down was, like, I guess to understand it more. You know what I mean? And I didn't really get that. And, like, because those two weren't really combined, like, I didn't really understand what we're doing, you know? So it, just a bunch of factors went into play. And I didn't do too well in the beginning. But I think as I started to understand it more and played around with it, it got a lot easier, you know? Yeah, it was easier so. to kind of keep up. But it was, a, it was uh, a definitely cool experience learning all these different things. Yeah, now you know you don't want to do accounting, so it's uh, help yep. you out. And that's definitely right. don't want to do it. Never, never yeah. happening again. Not doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. That's man. something I kind of wish that they would offer in a high school setting. Maybe like I, I, tech. I, I, I mean, I, I wanted that. Yeah, yeah. I assume yeah. that it's not something that would be too easy, but like maybe an AP like personal finance course where they would talk about the different kind of tax brackets and stuff like that, where they would really go in depth with taxes and how they work. Cause I know Mm -hmm. that's something that I would have been interested in in high school maybe, but yeah, it teaches people a lot. And I don't know, I don't know why they don't utilize these opportunities to teach them young. Cause you got to figure all this out when you get older. I mean, I figured it out like as I went along, you know, but you know, God forbid that I never got an internship or didn't wasn't around the right people. I would have never known this stuff. I wouldn't have found out till I was probably like twenty five. You know, yeah. So, by then it's too know, late. Your brain's like yeah, not really great at learning yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, and at that point, you know, it's too late. I got to learn all this stuff again. So, you know, it, it's good to realize it early. And I, I guess that's like one of the important things that I think they're starting to implement in schools. I know my brother. He he was a Rochester. He said that um, they started a club and it's called like an investment club. Where they just kind of like teach them a bunch of like investment stuff. Oh, that's like, awesome. Actually, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. I don't know who started it though. I asked him who started it, and he's like, "I don't know who did." Because I think it might be Malsbury and Gambara. It might have been. That sounds like something they would do. Yeah. So like, I I tried asking my brother. He's like, "I don't know who did, but I'll find out." So I'll, I'll find out, and I'll let you guys know. 
Yeah. Yeah, because pers personal finance is, a, is one of those courses on uh, classes, whatever that um that you need like, especially in the classroom because that's yeah. I don't know why it's probably one of the most important things uh, to real life, and they don't even teach it in a classroom. Yeah, it's pretty don't. ironic because the whole K through 12 system is supposed to set you up for life. Yeah, no. But yeah. they don't teach one of the most vital aspects of money and finance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, bro. A lot of people have trouble saving money as they get older because they aren't really taught these things right. or just like brought up. And like, it's, I'm not going to lie, the education system needs to do a better job kind of, you know, bringing these topics up and bringing the importance of saving. Because, like, let's be honest, like, I could, I, I realized when I was like, at this age that I'm at, like I can go that I realize that I can go like if I'm 20, 21, I can go to a coffee shop. I could talk to someone that's like 56 years old. You know, it's probably easy for me now. And yeah. you learn so much learning. You learn a ton from these older people, you know, a bunch of these like life lessons that you can kind of take and go with you. But being 16 to 18 years old, I'm not going to go do that. I'm not going to talk to a 50 year old guy, you know, yeah, you I'm going to be stubborn. And, yeah. and even if he does give me, you know, any advice, like, you know, I'm 16, 18, I'm the king of the world. Why am I going to listen to his advice? You know, yeah. Right. So, so it just comes with the age, you know what I mean. But you just gotta like it just hits you all at once. It really just depends where your mindset's at. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, something that schools should probably do, or at least consider implementing, is some kind of mentorship program where somebody in like a field that you may want to study would go and teach you like what it is and what the ins and outs of it are, and sort mm -hmm. of like life advice in terms of just how this would affect your day-to-day -day life going forward and that's something that would be i know i definitely would have signed up for that in high school where yeah. somebody would be like teaching me about like let's say hypothetically engineering or something that's something i thought i mm -hmm. wanted to do in high school and then sort of realizing oh maybe this isn't for me but like the practical life advice that you can get from somebody who's older than you is just invaluable. And mm -hmm. we don't really oh, yeah. get that. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, yeah. It comes by very, very often, mm -hmm. very, not too often when you're younger, but you know, you can definitely make it a thing when you get older. Yeah. So I know uh, one of the most asked questions about school and about internships is, well, do will school help me in real life? So is it, so is there for your internship, is it safe to say that, whatever you learned at that internship, they taught you there, right? None of mm -hmm. school really, none of the school stuff you learned really applied like in the classroom. Uh, yeah. N none of it at all. I would say it was more life skill or well, not life skill, but finance skills. You know, they just wanted to see what kind of skills you kind of have in terms of like Microsoft, how to use the keyboard, stuff like that. You know, you need to be proficient in those things or, you know, you're going to fall behind pretty quickly if you don't understand what each function is and stuff like that. So, the most math I probably did, like not gonna lie, is probably just adding numbers on the side of my paper. That's probably the hardest thing because I was able to use Excel to calculate everything for me. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like those skills you, and stuff like that. Yeah, know? those are skills like you can learn at school, but you gotta like take that specific class. You know what I mean? It's not like taught to you within the education system. Like it's an elective type of class, which I don't like because those are skills that you should like know by in college at least, you know? how to use Excel, Word, PowerPoint, you know, just whole office itself. We should be able to like not operate it. Yeah. So for most business majors, uh, they will teach you on the job though, right? For most internships and stuff. Oh, like, all of them. All of them. All, yeah. Well, yeah. And so I feel like, you know, people our age, they always worry about the stuff we're learning in school isn't going to be relevant, which is it's true. 
Like the stuff you're learning in the classroom, it's all theory. And when it comes to business, we're always updating. And like your boss or your team lead or your manager, whatever, will teach you when you get that Uh job. Yeah. So for all you people out there, especially in in the business field, um, don't worry if you're not absorbing all that knowledge from the classroom. Just make sure that you're trainable and have those people skills. People skills and also obtaining skills that pertain to your major, I think is another important thing. Yeah. So like, if you're finance, you want to kind of get familiar with, you know, Excel, you want to get familiar with, you know, a whole bunch of different platforms, PV lookup, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. But, you know, each, whatever major you're kind of deciding, kind of focus your skills within that major and, you know, you'll be straight by the time you get a job. Yeah, for sure. As long as you're trainable and as long as you have, you're hungry to learn, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So what 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 observations do you have, man, at the internship from when looking at your fellow peers or not? Um, were there people that just um, that didn't ride it out all the way or they left early or? There was a few, a few individuals left early, you know, just for their own reasons, not like anything happened. But I know one kid, he left because I think his classes just piled up too much. You know, he didn't realize it'd be that much work. And yeah. him kind of juggling, you know, especially the first month, you know, where it was all just crunch every day. It was, um, it was a little too much for him. And plus he already had like an internship kind of brewing for the summer. So he was like, you know what, I'll just take this one off and then take the one in the summer. So I think that's what he ended up doing because schedule was jam packed. I think he was like in a fraternity too. And he was like on the board for that. And there was a bunch of stuff that he was doing outside of uh, school, you know. But yeah, for sure. he left early, and there's a few other people left early for their own personal reasons. I don't want everything I found out, but I know for this kid, I know he left just a little early because the schedule's packed. Yeah, for sure. So I'm just curious, man. Uh, so uh, for this internship, did you know that it was an accounting firm and you supplied for it, or did you want to get you know your foot in the door with the accounting? Yeah, role? so or- I wanted to. I think the main reason I did it, so I got it actually through the career fair. And when okay. I was talking to the guy, he was really cool. So I, I enjoyed talking to him. And then I guess he kind of, he pushed my resume over uh, to HR and they gave me a call and stuff like that. And he was the one actually interviewing me too. So it was kind of oh, like okay. right where we picked off, you know? So it was really yeah. easy. But, um, yeah, so it was like, it wasn't too bad, I guess, going and applying for it. But, you know, there's definitely a lot of things that you know, I could take away from it. Yeah, for sure. You want to get into some Ask Reddit real quick? Yeah, for sure. And wrap what, it up. What yeah, what is the timer at? What do we have? Uh, we're at 50 minutes right now. Awesome. Then let's do it. All right. Yeah, we'll do the last 10. So I have one pulled up already. This is kind of one that we answered last week, but it was like the opposite. So this is from Zesty Close ad 4682. What is one thing your parents taught you, but you will never teach your children? Wow. Okay. That's kind of like reverse psychology in a sense where like you you have to think backwards. Yeah, so Brennan, if you want to go first. Yeah, I think for me, uh, the biggest one would be uh, from my dad where he was like, don't be a Democrat. <laughs> or, hey, you know, because he's you, such a staunch... Up said that? Oh, yeah, constantly. It was like every time like I was in the car. With, yeah, pretty much. Uh, he was just... He's a very conservative person and... Uh, that's just not something that I plan on teaching my children just because of I disagree with a lot of those things. Like, I'm not going to tell them what to believe, but I'm not going to be, like, super don't do this 
in terms of like your beliefs or anything. I think that's my biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I know for me is, uh, you know, I love my parents to death. They're, you know, they're my family, they're my mom and dad. But I feel like um, a lot of Asian parents, that's, I can't speak for all, but I feel like they teach ignorance, you know, and they don't mm-hmm. teach being open-minded um, in a sense where like they view a lot of people with the stereotypes they're given and they don't want to leave that, you know? So I just, I wish my parents would teach me um, to be more open-minded in a sense, you know, and not judge other, uh, judge others so harshly based mm-hmm. off a stereotype. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I could probably say the same for me too. You know, they, they're, I mean, I know for me, and I think a little bit for you too, is, you know, our parents grew up in, you know, India, Pakistan, you know, where they were raised with like traditions and like values, you know, and they kind of bring those over here. And, you know, it just seems like a little strict when you look at it from like a different aspect, but, you know, it's, it's just how they were kind of like raised, you know, and not, they don't always see like eye to eye to like the new generation, which like you probably notice a lot too. And, you know, it's just kind of because of their traditional beliefs and kind of where they grew up from, you know? Yeah. So, uh, the takeaway from this is, uh, don't be afraid to leave your beliefs, beliefs and yeah. don't be afraid to adapt to any scenario. In. And if you believe something is right, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to let go of your ego yeah. and go for it. Yeah. That's one thing I think, uh, for any, at least for us Indians or just for anyone particularly is our parents are strict, you know, they, yeah. they're strict for a reason and they, they're strict because they want to look out for us. They want us to be safe. Right. Yeah. So, there's been a lot of times, I know it happens a lot of Indian people and maybe a lot of you guys too with strict parents, is they don't want you to do certain things because they want you safe. But if you think that it will benefit you or it will have some type of importance to you in the future or it can help you now, like by all means, go ahead and do it, even if they disappoint them now, because in the future they'll be happy for what you, what, you, what the outcome will be, you know? Yeah, so I think that's one thing. For sure, that I had to learn. Yeah, cause me, me and Isaiah were very outgoing people, and we're very social. And sometimes in our culture, that's very frowned upon in a sense. For like, we'll talk to anybody, and not mm-hmm. be, uh, you know, like shameful in a sense. So yeah, yeah, and breaking out of the stereotypical, you know, norm. Breaking out of it's like tough because, like, you know, especially as a first child, you know, you and me are the first ones. So yeah, so we kind of get. Don't we get beat up a little bit like as we're growing up, you know, for some of the things we do. But by the time our, you know, youngest sibling comes around, you know, our parents don't even care anymore. Like they're just kinda used to it, you know? Because yeah. like we kinda had to take the hit in the beginning. But it's definitely tough, I think, in the beginning. But it's constantly it's a role model, dude. Literally twenty. Yeah. Because everything's a first and I know for me my parents are very like I'm not like strict, but they just are kinda looking out for me, but a little too much. Yeah. And I think that's kinda one thing that I kinda like I guess regret a little bit was, I guess that because, you know, it kind of held me back for a little bit. But I think once I kind of woke up and realized, like, look, I I got to break through in order to do things that I want to do. Like I just broke through. Like maybe like I might have made them mad for a little bit, but like look at the outcome now. Like it's worked out, you know, and now they're happy. So, like that's the main thing is like do what you want to do to make yourself happy because at the end of the day, if you're doing something you like to do and they see you happy, they're gonna be happy. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something with a lot of parents, like I even know my parents, some of the stuff that I did or some of the decisions that I made where, uh, 
it wound up being the better thing for me, whether it was in terms of like mental health or like maybe a path that I was going to take in college or something like that, where initially they were very uh, apprehensive about it. But uh-huh. like where I'm at now, it's a much better place than where I could have been had I not made that decision. So I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, I'm going to go into parenting, assuming I become a parent, is like mm-hmm. letting kids sort of be their own person and not trying to control exactly. them too much. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to steer my kids in a certain direction. But at the end of the day, I'm never going to force them to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, so I guess we have religion. But at the end of the day, you're making a decision, not God. Yeah. All right. All right. I have another one. This is from Ken Leak. What do we take too seriously? Mm. What do we take too seriously? Um, Okay. Do you want to go first today? I'm trying to think. Like us as in humans, right? What do we take too seriously? Yeah. I'm trying to think. When do you guys start off? I'm going to think about it. Yeah, yeah, you go out there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, like I said before, just right, right now, it's religion, dude. Uh, religion is supposed mm-hmm. to be easy. Um, it's not something that should be complex or hard. It's just do it. Do it at your own pace. And don't make it complex. Just, mm-hmm. It shouldn't be something, a chore. It shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be a burden on your life. It's, it should be easy. And just yeah. go with the flow, you know? Because um, mm-hmm. me and I was there, Muslims. And I, you know, for us, we always have... The stereotype where like oh um we're super strict we're rigid five daily prayers yeah. and stuff like that but at the end of the day yeah. man let's do you make it easy uh, yeah yeah uh, i mean yeah yeah go ahead you're good oh i was gonna change it but if you want to go and make a point off of that real quick oh uh, no no yeah you're good no, no you can start out all right uh, i think what i was gonna say is probably work like how we sort of define our entire lives off of what we do and don't really be interesting people a lot of the times especially like with you know some of the older generations where their entire identity revolved around their job i think that's something that we're starting to stray away from at least as college students where Mm -hmm. it's not we don't define our entire person based off of what we do like we realize that yeah that's part of my life but it's not my entire personality because that doesn't really make a very well-rounded human being uh-huh. yeah, yeah you sure. should uh you you know you should not work to live in a sense right mm-hmm. like you just you know and people like people live to work and it's like dude yeah. it's no um yeah yeah uh yeah my point would probably be it was like things that we worry too much about, right? Yeah, like what, what, what we take too seriously, and whatnot. What we think? I'm gonna say like status. I think, in terms of like personal status, I think we just take it too seriously. I mean, we worry about it too much as a human, which is natural because of, you know, the cultural upbringing of America. I guess you could say in terms of you know entertainment and you know news and fashion. You know, kind of like all thrown at us. So I think like there is ways to kind of like back off from it. And like, I think people just care too much about it, but at yeah. the end of the day, it's really not that deep, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's a, it's a article of clothing that covers, you know, your chest. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't, you know, like, so, at the end of the day, we all sleep, we all wake up 
Yeah. yeah. And especially with that comparison between people mm-hmm. where it's like it, with social media has done such a number on people where you're seeing oh, the yeah. best of everybody else's lives, but you don't really understand or think about yeah. the fact that they've gone through or go through the same kind of problems you do. They just, nobody posts that to social media or at least they didn't for a long time where you don't mm-hmm. really talk about some of the negative sides of it or your life or whatever on social media. So just that comparison between, you know, what I'm doing and what everybody else is doing. Like, I think that's something we absolutely take too seriously. Yeah. Way too seriously. And then, you know, it creates, you know, jealousy and envy and stuff like that. It just causes too many problems and it's really not worth it. If you can really just sit back and look at the, the different side of it, you know, that it's really not that deep, you know, a lot yeah. changes within your personality. So, yeah. You know, it's good. I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, I'm fault of it. Like, it's happened to me. Like, you know, it's pretty. It's, it's a natural thing at this point, you know. Yeah. But you know, every now and then, like, I'm able to step back and kind of see like the other side of it. But it happens to everyone. So it's just really kind of, you know, focusing yourself on getting out of it. But you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, we're at about an hour now. So okay. Awesome. So we before should... we, uh, yeah. yeah, before we uh, just like. Uh, uh, call it quits real quick. So what? Uh, what is something you guys learned this week? Yeah, let's yeah what is something that you could take away, you know, or that you could, you know, give it to our viewers or whatnot, or some advice that you learned that could be helpful towards them? Yeah, I think for me this week, or I guess for the past two weeks since we took a break from the last one, uh, really focusing on your mental health and how important that is. Like even though like I still, you know, you got to get everything done that you have to do or whatever, but maybe not taking that time and really focusing on yourself as a person and your mental health. Cause that's such an important thing, especially going into these like winter months in Michigan where seasonal depression is such a big issue. So that's something that I really had to focus on this week and sort of balance that between like school and uh, just existing as a person. So that's probably mine is learning how to deal with the constant seasonal depression that comes with being in cold climates. Yeah, for sure. It's a good one. I know for me is uh, me. I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm a very outgoing guy, but I'm, I'm also a nerd. I, you know, I love anime. I love video games, and mm-hmm. you shouldn't you shouldn't be afraid to just show that, show your personality, people, and I'll put it and just show your inner weeb. You know, that's just it, yeah. So. I mean, it's the same thing with me. I play a ton of video games. I mean, not too often, but when I do, like I play a ton. You know, during quarantine, it was crazy. All I was playing was Call of Duty the entire yeah. quarantine. I didn't do anything else. Like, I was so off of like everything else, like work, school, nothing. I was just straight up playing COD like all day. It was so yeah. bad. Yeah, I know. I know. Just uh, at the end of the day, if you if you if you think if you believe you're living a productive life, then you don't be afraid to entertain yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, it was definitely interesting hearing another person's point of view added to the mix, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. uh, we're hopefully going to be adding more guests to the uh, podcast too. Yeah, who's there? Thank you very much. Appreciate you being on tonight. And uh look forward to hopefully talking with you a little bit more. Yeah, no worries, guys. Thank you again for having me on. 
um, it was great talking to you guys. You know, we definitely hit some interesting topics and uh, it was a great, uh, great talk for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Thank you guys. Good night, guys. We'll see you. Good night.